Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the ninth edition of Digital Detectives, brought to you by our terrific sponsor, Applied Discovery, an international leader in electronic discovery. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, we'll be talking about e-discovery searches and whether it is time to set some standards to ensure quality searches. We're pleased to have as our guest, our friend Jason Barron, the director of litigation for the National Archives and Records Administration, a position he has held since 2000. He's responsible for overseeing all litigation-related activities confronting the National Archives, including complex federal court litigation involving access to federal and presidential records in the National Archives' custody. Welcome, Jason. Uh, thanks, John, and thanks, Sharon, for having me. Well, we're glad you could be with us. And Jason, we'll just uh, plunge right into it here. There's been a lot of chatter in the industry recently about how best to search for electronic evidence in civil litigation. You've often been dubbed the king of search. So tell us, Your Highness, how you got so interested in this subject. Well, that's very kind to say. Um, I laugh when I hear that. Uh, I must say that I have been privileged for the last decade to be Director of Litigation of the National Archives, and there are so many challenges the government faces, and particularly our agency, which people think of as just the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. We we manage the president's records when the president leaves office, and so we inherit legal custody of what are now hundreds of millions of, of email records, as well as ultimately the responsibility for the permanent records of the entire U.S. government across hundreds of agencies. And so it's a very big job, and you can you can just imagine the preservation and access issues there. For the last eight years, I have been um, concerned, given litigation demands, as to how one searches through White House email and through government records generally. And I got involved in this area because of this massive case, U.S. versus Philip Morris, the tobacco litigation, which is still going on in the district uh, courts um, in D.C., uh, and and having to search through Clinton White House email, only 20 million presidential emails I had I was responsible for. But it was obvious to me back in 2002, and it remains obvious to me today, that um, that there needs to be some serious thought given to how to do searches efficiently because if you if you search through massive amounts of email using keywords the way most lawyers do uh it, it turns out that there's just a huge number of false positives you get a lot of junk you get you're very inefficient and maybe you miss some because you're using keywords and emails and other records don't have the keywords in them and so it seemed it seemed clear to me that there needed to be some serious and sort of uh and sophisticated thought brought to bear uh, on this topic, and that's what I've been urging through my work with the Sedona Conference uh, in commentaries and what we're going to talk about in the Trek legal track. Well, Jason, how has searching changed since since the early days? You gave us a little bit of a foundation there, but uh, how about your your own thinking on on this topic? Well, in in some ways, it's changed a lot, and some it hasn't. Uh, I think anyone uh, listening to this program. Uh, can identify with just uh, any number of years ago where the tasking is to a junior attorney 
to go dream up some keywords, and uh, you get a request to produce under Rule 34, and the the low person on the totem pole decides to, um, uh, frankly, uh, just sit at their office, uh, his or her office, and and think of some keywords, and and then work with the IT people, and and then you're off to the races with that. Well, that that uh, is problematic. Uh, no one attorney knows what keywords work for searching for electronic evidence. And when you get to massive amounts of data and you're up in the terabyte or maybe even the petabyte range or beyond, um, keywords are, are really inefficient if you, that's the only thing you're dreaming up. And so, so part of the practice is that that's the way it was and people understand that it's a um, more sophisticated exercise today. And uh, in, in terms of um, uh, the case law, uh, which uh, has uh, uh, at least been um, uh, where judges have been tuned in to what uh, parties have been up to in litigation in terms of uh, looking at search protocols. Well, it varies all over the map. So um, there are two lines of cases that um, that I see. One is where judges are getting their hands dirty. The parties are thinking of keywords and they're thinking of search methodologies and having some limited discussion and having some disagreement and they pitch it to the judge saying, Your Honor, uh, we've we've reached an impasse. It's for you to decide. And some judges are willing to take up the cudgel and say, okay, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to, you want a thousand keywords. The other party's not giving any keywords. I'm going to pick the 40 keywords for the for the problem and set it out. That is problematic because judges don't know a lot about this subject. There's another uh, and they certainly don't know the case as intimately as the parties, and so who knows whether the keywords that are being picked are are correct. They're trying to do as good a job as possible, and it's it's almost impossible if the parties are not um, willing to uh, to uh, have some reasonable discussions. Another line of case law, which uh, really starts with Judge Fasciola's case in the U.S. versus O'Keefe, saying that hey, this is a very complicated area involving linguistics and statistics and um, and computer science. That you know, uh, trying to pick keywords is like going where angels fear to tread. And so there's a line of authority where judges say, "Hey, this is for you guys, the parties, to figure out in litigation. I'm not going to step in." And there, there's a recent case that I really like the language of. It's called Urand E U R A N D versus Mylan Pharmaceuticals at 266 FRD 79. It's out of Delaware in 2010, where. The judge is saying, hey, I'm not going to enter the wilderness of keyword searches. I'm going to leave the mysteries of keyword search techniques to somebody else. The parties need to figure this out. And, uh, and that may well be the, the trend where, where, uh, where judges who are proactive in litigation nevertheless want parties to figure out what the best ways to search for evidence are. Feel free, Jason, if you want to identify any other cases, but uh, I'm more interested at this point in knowing what's out there in terms of searching smarter. Certainly, we're hearing an awful lot about predictive coding. Is that really the holy grail of searching? And and what else is out there that uh, you can point us to? Right. Well, in this limited time, Sharon, I sort of concentrated on keywords because we're still at it. If you look at the reported cases, um, across the map, judges are struggling with keywords. They're not going on to the next stage. In my view, this is a multidimensional problem that's way beyond keywords. And what the Sedona commentary in 2007, uh, which is freely available for download, uh, search commentary, uh, and, uh, and, and other work that's out there, 
uh, it, we see an explosion of interest in smarter ways to do searching. Now, you mentioned predictive coding. It's basically um, th- there's a bundle of techniques that are under that, that umbrella term that use clustering algorithms, that use ways to group information the documents that are a lot alike so that you can make rapid decisions based on big chunks of a larger universe. Um, what happens is that just on the ground is that individuals are asked to code a sample of documents out of a larger set. So maybe you, after a keyword search, you look at a sample, your code is relevant or not, and then that coding scheme informs what are machine learning algorithms to, to code the rest of the universe in ways that that make it um, uh, easier to then look through, and you already have sort of a preset coded scheme. You also can look at clusters of documents in some of these technologies where where basically you can decide whether all, all of these documents are about fantasy football. You can put them aside um, as irrelevant. All of these documents are privileged because they have certain terms that are either privileged or by attorneys or whatever, and they, they're all in one category. Uh, and, and so the, the, the software helps speed up the process, and there's more and more demonstrations. I that legal tech on two panels on this showing the efficiencies uh, where law firms are using such technology. So way beyond just simple keywords, there's lots of software that's out there that can be of help. You said, is there a holy grail? We haven't reached the point where there's some off-the-shelf product that will reliably get all of the relevant documents in a large collection of terabytes or beyond and not get you any of the the junk, the stuff that's irrelevant. There's The artificial intelligence is not quite there for us in 2011 to do that. But we are getting better um, at these tasks, and I'm hopeful that we can be a lot smarter uh, in the next five years so that uh, we can really reduce the cost of litigation through better searches. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our sponsor, Applied Discovery. Applied Discovery, a global leader in complex litigation preparation and management, combines subject matter expertise and innovative e-discovery technology in a complete and proven process. From litigation readiness to collection, analytics, processing, document review, and production services, we manage your entire process with dedicated project managers to ensure quality and workflow efficiency. With our team, including former practicing attorneys and technology experts, Applied Discovery can help you successfully navigate the challenges of complex discovery. Discover Applied Discovery today at AppliedDiscovery.com. Need the latest on e-discovery-related topics? Check out our new e-discovery center right here on the Legal Talk Network. You'll find podcasts, webinars, white papers, and more. Just visit our homepage at LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on the e-discovery center logo. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, we're talking to Jason Barron, the Director of Litigation for the National Archives and Records Administration, about quality searching and e-discovery and whether it's time to set some standards. Tell us, Jason, about your involvement with Trek Legal Track. I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners are not familiar with it. Uh, great. Thanks, John. So, uh, 
The Trek Legal Track is text retrieval conference. It's out of the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And for the last five years, we've been evaluating search methodologies as used in e-discovery. So we've invited the world to come in and play. We've had two big data sets. One was a tobacco collection, a master settlement agreement collection of 7 million OCR documents. And in the last couple of years, we've used the Enron data set that's up on the web with about 500,000 emails and attachments. We basically created hypothetical complaints and hypothetical requests to produce and using um, a volunteer army of assessors as we send out the word to the world to both legal service providers and academics here. Come in, use whatever search method you want, whatever search algorithm, concept searching, whatever um, that you have, uh, apply it to the specific um, uh, uh, request to produce that have been made up, dreamed up, and let's see how you do. And then these volunteers decode the documents as relevant or, or not based on a sampling scheme that NIST employs. And then we see the results. And the results in the last couple of years have been quite interesting, that uh, there have been uh, tremendous strides uh, made with um, uh, improving recall and precision, that is, improving your ability to find relevant documents as well as to weed out the false positive stuff. Uh, so long as you reliably um, uh, use a topic authority, that is, um, it, it, it seems to be correlated that if you use an expert, somebody who looks at the collection and uh, you're having a feedback loop with that expert, so it's partially a human in the loop who's, who has knowledge of a collection and using the software, training the software based on cues that this that this expert gives, you can do um, uh, you can do significantly better than just a, just simply using keywords against the collection. So th there's a lot coming out of the Trek Legal Track. This study is uh, going on for this year in 2011, and a number of papers um, uh, that have been produced uh, that are available on the Trek Legal Track uh, website. So I you know I applaud the overall effort going forward. Um, I had a hand in starting it, and um, hopefully it, it points the way in the future towards um, some evaluation mechanism, which is what you need. If you just go to legal tech and you walk around the booths, how do you know that one company is doing better than another company? Wouldn't it be great if there was some evaluative framework for companies to, be, uh, to have their products benchmarked against? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're we're still looking for that find all evidence button ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it is more difficult than it appears from the outside. That's for sure. I I know that you're very excited about your upcoming Desi Four workshop in in June. Can you tell us exactly what that is and what you hope to accomplish there? And and please make sure that you do tell listeners how they can find out more about Desi Four. And feel free to take your your time because we have lots of time here. Okay. Well, uh, as part of this. Uh, grail quest that I've been on since uh, the tobacco litigation eight years ago. One was Sedona and getting that community interested in a uh, search topic. Another was the track legal track. And a third series of workshops I've done called DESI, Discovery of ESI, in Palo Alto, London, and Barcelona in the past few years, where I've mixed up the room with academics and lawyers talking about uh, search issues. And this year, a Desi four Roman numeral four. I guess it's like the Super Bowl, um, uh, and uh, uh, the workshop will be in Pittsburgh on June sixth uh, at the University of Pittsburgh as part of a conference called ICAIL, I C A I L, 
2011, which stands for an International Conference of AI and Law. And they've been kind to invite us in for uh, several years, several past conferences, to basically have this mixing of artificial intelligence age, uh, experts, academics in information retrieval, and lawyers uh, and legal service uh, provider types who uh, all come in and talking about uh, search issues. For this uh, workshop on June 6th, it's called a workshop on setting standards for searching ESI and discovery proceedings. And the point of the workshop is to uh, basically move a step forward beyond a track, legal track and beyond um, other past efforts to think about standardization in the space. What constitutes a quality search? What are the elements of a quality search um, that is needed in e-discovery? And how do you get there in terms of setting some sort of um, evaluative benchmarks that that uh, legal service providers in providing software and services would meet. Um, now, I don't have all the answers on this topic, but I do know that other efforts in the world have produced standards. There's an ISO 9000 family of international quality measurement system standards. There's a payment card industry data security standard. There's a, uh, a standard on there's auditing standards called number 70. There's a capability maturity model integration approach, CMMI. There are a lot of these uh, processes for getting to a quality result in various industrial sectors. Why not in e-discovery? Uh, the problems may be different, and there may be issues about uh, how you actually get there and what it what it means. But uh, and also what kind of platform would exist for uh, for uh, continuing, uh, you know, like a standard based body uh, that would uh, would uh, work as an auditor uh, or an auditing scheme of some sort. But all of those can be worked out in the future. The the issue right now is when you have e-discovery searches, are we able to evaluate whether one how how one is better than another and are they using a good process so that uh, that it's defensible and that judges and, and litigants can rely on it. Wouldn't it be great, I guess the bottom line here, wouldn't it be great if uh, the Judge Grimm's, Judge Fasciolos of the world, others who are sophisticated players in the uh, on the bench uh, would be able to say to parties in litigation, look, uh, there's some standard out there. Is the the way that you're proposing to go about searching for evidence compliant with that standard? Go talk to your your people and let's have a stipulation that that gets us there. Um, if that were able to be done as either part of a meeting confer or going forward, then I think at least in some portion of cases, uh, especially complex cases, you would find efficiencies of the process where uh, sophisticated players understand the process and are are using products and services that that meet a certain benchmark or, or meet a certain standard of quality. So that's where um, the workshop is going. It's a first step. It's not uh, the it's not going to produce a a finished product a document on the end of June sixth, but um, it's another step forward towards um, thinking rigorously about what constitutes an e-discovery search. Um, and I, I very much invite the audience to to be part of it. All you have to do is type in in your uh, favorite browser, whether it's Google, Bing, or whatever, um, uh, DESI 4 Workshop, D-E-S-I, Roman numeral 4 Workshop. If you want to add ICAIL 2011, I-C-A-I-L 2011 to that, that's fine too. Or just email me at jason.barron at nara.gov, and I'll point you to the right URL. There's a, 
call for submission of papers that uh, are due in April. Position papers due April 22nd, and then the workshop itself is uh, June 6th. And so you don't have to write a paper to show up, but it's uh, but if you uh, want to be an active participant in the workshop, it's highly recommended that you put in a two- or three-page uh, position paper. I really would look forward and encourage people to talk to me about it. Um, anybody who's been to these past workshops knows that they're, they're a lot of fun, and they're different than the normal e-discovery conference because of the mix of people that are present. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jason. This has been one of the hottest topics over the past year, so we're really grateful to you for joining us on this podcast. Thanks, John, and thanks, Sharon, for having me today. That does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all editions of this podcast at www.legaltalknetwork.com or on iTunes. And you can find out more about Sensei's Computer Forensics, Technology, and Security Services at www.senseient.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.